2: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing With Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. Well, Mara, I think we need to start this with the big news from Young and the Restless. So Michael Mueller, who plays the super popular Kyle Abbott, has announced that he is leaving the show. Now, we first reported that he and Hunter King, who plays Summer, were rumored to be going after they were unable to agree to new contract terms. And then a fan tweeted Jason Thompson, who plays Billy, about Michael leaving, and Jason responded that they would miss him, which prompted Michael to put out a statement of his own. And I have to say, it is really a shame because Summer and Kyle are arguably the most popular new duo we've seen on YNR in years. I get so much mail about them, We get emails aplenty. Um, The inbox for our S.O.D. sound off is going crazy. Um, But it will be interesting to see what happens next. You know, will they recast? Will Summer and Kyle leave together? Um, Because we still haven't gotten confirmation about Hunter's status.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, I don't know what to root for. You know, Michael was such a good Kyle. And that's a role that the show has historically had some trouble filling successfully. And Hunter is an incredible asset to the show. And if she were to leave and be recast, those would be really big shoes to fill. But what what I mean by root for is, I don't know what would make the Skyle fans happier. You know, Hunter staying and some are facing a life without Kyle. Uh, Summer staying in memory casting Kyle and hopefully striking gold with a recast, both characters being recast and us having to cross all of our fingers and toes that the casting gods deliver to really special and talented people who the Skyle, fans would cotton to or then leaving together as you mentioned and getting a happily ever after you know in in soaps really the only surefire way to get a happily ever after is to leave and maybe a happy ending for the characters uh if summer ends up leaving as well would be some small comfort to the fans who've invested so much in that love story it's a tough call but i imagine we will know pretty soon which direction the show ends up
2: taking yeah, I mean, we shall see indeed. Um, but I know everyone is kind of on pins and needles to see if Hunter will stay. Yeah. Um, now, in the new issue, we have a story about Daisy's Ben and Sierra, um, another very popular young duo. So, Ben is going to do everything he can to stop her from marrying Theo. And it will definitely be a tune in for new and old fans alike because there's going to be a parallel to Bo stopping Hope's wedding to Larry in 1984 which I love. And Robert Scott Wilson said he was very flattered that they told this story with Ben and Sierra. Um, Now, speaking of weddings, we ran the results of an online poll in which we asked people to vote on the best wedding dress of all time. So it was hard to narrow down because like the dresses of the eighties were so standout. um, And I feel what we normally associate with soap weddings Mm -hmm. and they were such a big deal then. But you know, the eighties isn't like super known for being high fashion. Um, but Daisy's Hope snagged the number one spot for her wedding dress when she married Beau. Um, uh, my personal favorite was Sloane Dennings on Capitol, not just because of the name, but she had a really pretty fabulous gown. Um, and I think it's fun to see how other people respond to our polls. Uh, so if you were voting, which was your fave? Well, I have to go with Daisy's Kayla from her wedding
0: to Steve on the yacht. You know, so many of those big, splashy 80s dresses do look kind of dated now, but I just thought Mary Beth Evans looked so gorgeous in that dress, and it had such a romantic silhouette. It was just like the perfect storybook gown for that couple. Uh, Also in the new issue is a conversation that I had with Steve Burton, G.H.'s Jason, about his character's storyline. There are a lot of different opinions about Jason's new relationship with Brit, uh, which his marriage of convenience style engagement to Carly has put on ice for the moment. And there are, of course, a lot of JSAM fans out there who are not okay with Jason moving on with Brit or with Sam moving on with Dante. Now, as an actor, Steve really enjoys getting to play something different. You know, he has played Jason more on than off since the early 1990s. So getting to do something new for him is just great. And working with Kelly t as Brit is new. And working with Laura Wright on this particular storyline is a new dynamic for them. It's circumstances they haven't played before. So I was really interested to know if he gets that, you know, for diehard J-Sam fans, Jason and Brit is really just hard to accept. Uh, And he says that he does and that he has gotten upset about things that have happened on a TV show before. He was racking his brain trying to think of what show he had just finished on Netflix that had gotten him all riled up and he couldn't put his finger on the name. So I might have to have a follow up conversation with him because I really do want to know what show got Steve Burton screaming at his television.
2: Uh, hi, me too. It's the first thing I thought when I read your story. Definitely a fan of Jason and Sam who feels a bit cheated and that we never really saw that relationship like in full force after Steve came back, and it kind of left me wanting a little more. Mm-hmm. But actually, my favorite Jason pairing was with Liz. Yes, I consider myself more liaison than anything. And I don't know. I, I'm curious to see where it goes with his character, and it's definitely an interesting read because I always love hearing the actor's perspective on what is going on. Yeah. Um, Now, I think I've made my feelings about characters returning to make visits clear. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think it's a great way to move story along and remind the audience about past relationships and connections. You know, Days has certainly mined a lot from Allison Sweeney's recent return as Sammy. And Young and Restless recently brought back our guest today, Sean Carrigan, who plays Stitch, and I think it's been great. His chemistry with Melissa Ordway was clear from the moment they saw each other again, and I hope he sticks around for a bit. So let's check in with him and see how it's all going. Hi, Sean.
1: Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, you know, happy to be on here with you guys.
2: We are so happy to have you, um, and we're excited that you're back on the show. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been fun being back. It's kind of like uh, you know when you uh, come back to school after summer, and you know, and you're seeing all kinds of <laughs> friends and people you haven't seen in a long time. It's it's kind of like that.
2: All right. Well, we're gonna go back in history a little pre YNR. Um, okay. so you were born in Fairfax, Virginia, the seventh out of nine children. So what was life like in the Kerrigan household when you were little?
1: Well, it was, it was madness. Uh, my, my parents owned a bunch of restaurants. Uh, they owned an Irish bar, they own another bar. It was pretty crazy. But then when I was around five, my parents split up and, and I moved down to Miami with my mom and, um, and so then I grew up, I, my, I grew up with my, pretty much my mom and uh, my stepdad down in, um, in Miami. Uh, we, we had an extended, m- most of my brothers and sisters are all from my dad's side. So, but we're all very tight. We're all very close. Um, but, so that's why I grew up down in Miami, living in Miami. But I spent all my summers and winters up in, up in uh, the Northern Virginia area, you know, D.C., you know, around that whole area, and then I, you know, I went to college. Like my, my last couple of years in college, I went, I went, I went to school at George Mason University. Um, so I wrestled in college, and uh, and that's how I, I I was there for about five years. Boxed professionally for a while, and then um, I got a part in a UPN pilot playing a boxer, and I got my SAG card from it. And soon as I got Taft lead into the union, I, uh, I went to my father, who was my trainer, and I said, I'm gonna quit boxing and become an actor. And <laughs> much to his chagrin, uh, I went up to New York for, I went back up to New York, cause I'd lived up there before. I went back up to New York for a little bit, was struggling along there for a little bit, and then got an opportunity to come out to LA for these casting workshops. Uh, Twenty years ago, and the rest is history
0: well, so this didn 't come out of nowhere like you had uh, had had an interest in performing prior to that, so I know in high school you were a boxer and a wrestler, but then also in drama club and did plays right. Tell us about that that seems on the face of it to be something of a dichotomy, but tell us how it played out for you
1: well it's interesting because uh you know. <laughs> I actually used to tell people that I I had a plan my senior year because I was very involved in the drama program and I definitely wanted to be an actor. Um, But I I had some athletic goals that I wanted to put first. Uh, My first goal was I wanted to be an all-American wrestler in college um I wanted to wrestle division one and, and be an all-american and so uh that was that was my first goal and then i planned as soon as i finished my college career i wanted to have at least five pro fights i ended up actually having eight pro fights but i wanted to have five pro fights uh just because i came from a boxing family and that was just in our blood and it's what we did and and then I wanted it, and then my plan after that was to become an actor. And I used to tell people this. <laughs> I used to tell people this in high school, and uh, I think they thought I was they thought I was a little crazy. In fact, I got a uh, a message from somebody I was in drama with not too long ago, and she said, "You know, you used to say that you were going to do all this stuff and then become an actor." Uh, And she goes, she said, I used to think you were crazy, but you actually did it. She said, you actually did it. And she's like, I'm just hats off to you. She's like, I never realized that you really were that passionate about acting. And I was, you know.
2: Well, talk to us about boxing professionally. You know, what was that like? And did you ever worry? Oh, I could get hit in the face and screw up my ch- plans to become an actor.
1: Well, it wasn't so much my my face as a, as my, as as much as it was my head. Right. You know, uh, my brains got scrambled quite a bit. Um, you know, growing up, growing up, I was a smaller kid growing up, and so I was I was. Uh, I, I was just drawn to the sports of wrestling and boxing just because it's, uh, you know, it's a an individual sport You you never have to really depend on other teammates and stuff. And it also, it just kind of gave me that sense of, uh, confidence, you know, and, and, uh, a work ethic that I really enjoyed. And so that, that's why I started doing that. And then also my dad trained fighters and trained in my other brother's box. We come from an Irish family and, and, uh, so when I'd go up and visit my dad, you know, and I'd be around my brothers and they were boxing and, you know, I'd go to fights and my dad would take me to fights and, you know, he, he was training other fighters and I was just very inspired because of that. So, uh, I got, I got pretty good. I, I won the Golden Gloves three times, won a Virginia state amateur championship. Um, I fought in the national championships a number of times, won a national invitational. I, I, I had a, I had a pretty good amateur career and so I, I, you know turning turning pro wasn't as hard as as some of those some of those top level amateur fights I had at the national championship level, but um you do take a lot of shots and they they accumulate after time and I knew that I knew that I didn't want to have a long career as a professional boxer because it's you know not usually a it's usually not a very pretty end for most uh it's a very tough sport. Um, but I wanted to have that experience of getting in the ring and getting it, you know, going against someone mono a mano and in front of that pressure of having a, you know, you know, hundreds of people there, you know, cheering you on and feeling that sort of pressure. I wanted to, I wanted to feel what that was like and experience that and just say that I did it. Um, but I can tell my fights were getting tougher. Towards the end of, you know, uh, I think my sixth, my sixth pro fight, I, I was fighting up at the Robert Reed Hotel in Newark, New Jersey, and uh, I, was, I was having an easy time with this guy, but then in the second round, he caught me with a left hook and a straight right that put me on my back. And I was, I was uh, looking up at the sky. It was the first time I'd been knocked down in the pros. And I think I got knocked down once in the amateurs out of 52 fights. It was, but it was a flash knockdown. I'd never been on my back like that, looking up at the lights. And then I got up. I went right back after the guy. Then the guy hit me with another punch, put me right back on my butt. I was like, all right, I got to survive this round. So I, I got up. I survived the round. But, uh, thankfully I was, I was in good enough shape to where I recovered, uh, in between rounds and came back in the third round. He had punched himself out trying to finish me in the second round. So then when I came out in the third round, I knocked him out. Um, uh, but that fight, I remember it was like somebody hit fast forward and all of a sudden I was in the dressing room, buttoning up my pants and. I remember I turned to the guy, uh, Charlie King, who was my other trainer. He was, he was my second. And, uh, and so I said, uh, that's what you call it in boxing. You, you call it your second. Anyways. Uh, so uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so I turned to him and I said, Whoa, what just, what just happened? And, and then he started replaying everything, uh, To me, and then it came rushing back to me. Like, have you ever had a heavy night of drinking, and then somebody you forget what you did, and then somebody tells you what you did, and then you it all comes rushing back to you.
2: Oh no, never. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: not you guys, right? What are you talking about? Right, right. Well, that's that's exactly what it was, and and it was that that it was that drunk sensation. It was the punt. I literally was punch drunk, and but then once he started telling me, then it all came back to me, and um, yeah. And I knew that I knew after that fight, uh, the fights were just going to keep getting tougher and I, I'd have to either step up or step away. So I stepped away and, you know, started focusing on acting.
2: So how
0: did you get yourself into a position where you were cast in this pilot and then could tell your dad, you know, I'm pivoting here.
1: Yeah, you know, um, well, I, the, he knew, he, I think at the, t- at the time, he looked at my acting as a hobby. It was something I did on the side. I don't think he really took it all that serious. That was fine that I did that, but because I was taking acting classes outside of um, – you know, my, my boxing and stuff. I, I found like in the DC area, there's an acting community in the DC, Northern Virginia, DC area, you know, Maryland, that Baltimore, that whole area up there, there's, there's an acting uh, community. And so uh, I did some student films. I did like uh, some uh, independent films uh, uh, you know uh, and then I was, on, I think it was on like a casting site or something. And they, they said they were looking for somebody who was a boxer that could, you know, play this part. And so I went and I, aud- I, I auditioned for it and, and they, but they needed somebody with the experience of boxing and it just, it's just sheer luck. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, um, and so I did this pilot and, and uh, yeah. And the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, then I got my I got my SAG card. I shouldn't say the rest is history. I got my SAG, I got my SAG card, and um, I knew I you know once they tapped heart, leave me. And I got that. I I knew that getting a SAG card, getting in in the union was tough. But once I got the union, I had gotten advice from somebody you know from another actor who said once you get your 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 union card, go to either New York or L.A that's where you need to be once you get in the union. Uh, and so that's what I did. I went up to New York and I was having no luck in New York. I was, there was rough times up there. I was, I was bouncing at a, at a nightclub called the China club. So on that's uh,
2: pretty big, Yeah, do you
1: remember the China club? <laughs> sure do. Yeah, it was, I was bouncing there on, and uh, they had those big Monday nights where all the celebrities would come in and all that stuff. And, and so I, I bounced there for like six months uh, I'd gotten, uh, the job through some old wrestling buddies and, um, <laughs> and, and so I was there as a bouncer. I was doing that and I was taking like, uh, uh, casting director workshops, uh, you know, when I could, and I doing, some, I did some extra work, I think on one of the, one of the soaps I, I, uh, at the time, I want to say maybe one life to live or all my children, one of those shows that were in New York. Mm-hmm don't know that are no longer there, but I did some extra work on that. And I mean, I was really, I was struggling along. And then, and then so I was doing these casting director workshops with this lady named Lisa gold uh, at the actors connection. And she was godsend. She said, We're, we've got, she puts together these trips where they take these actors from these casting director workshops and they take, brings them out to LA for a whole week. And we, we stay at the sportsman's lodge in studio city And we did a whole week's worth of casting director workshops. I think we did two or three a day for a week. And I actually, um, did Marnie Saida was the casting director for the young and the restless at the time. And she actually, I, I, I did a scene for her and she actually brought me in for an under five role on the young and the restless in February, 2001. I want to say, uh, February or March, 2001. And, uh, my first role in Los Angeles as an actor was on the young and the restless playing a cop. Uh, yeah. And it was, uh, believe it or not. I mean, it's just, you know, believe it or not. I think this, the guy who was in the scene was a character named shark. Do you remember David Shark?
2: David yes, yes, David David, that, really yeah, David Shark
1: Freelick. I was That's him. That's him. Yeah, David Freelick. and 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 uh, we were looking for him at the hotel or some something and couldn't find him. <laughs> he was hiding and something like that and then um, and then 13 years later I end up on the show as Stitch crazy
0: well in addition to you know pursuing your your acting career you also at some point down the line thought i'm gonna give stand-up comedy a try and then that became uh a a big part of your life for a while there tell us the origin of that
1: well i think i think what happened was i I did a movie in 2004 and i i didn't i did did a show called next action star and that show didn't go very well and but they you know it was was, they thought it was gonna be like the american idol for actors and so I did this show and I, I won the show and, and then, and you got to star in a movie. And, and so I went and shot this movie, but I, I wasn't really ready at all at that point in my career to to star in a in a feature to carry a, an action movie. I just wasn't ready. And so I kind of got panned in reviews and it just was really bad and kind of like, you know, my, my career was kind of in a, a free fall as far as TV and film. Uh, I was working a lot commercially. I, I, that's how I kept my head above water for years. Was you know, I shot tons of commercials over the years, um, but I, I wasn't having any luck with uh, TV and film. So I, uh, you know, just on a fluke, I, I started thinking. I, I read that 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 book by Steve Martin uh, called "Born Standing Up." I was, I was, I think I was traveling somewhere and I saw it in a, a bookstore in the airport. And so I, I bought it and I read it and I just read this book about Steve Martin, his, his standup career and how, when he first started, you know, he just bombed and bombed and bombed and, bombed and just, but he just kept going at it and kept going at it. And then finally he, you know, it took off and he found his voice and comedy and, and it just inspired me. And I wasn't really having a whole lot of luck, uh, is you know, auditioning and stuff like that. So, I thought to myself, "All right, let me give stand-up comedy a try." And I was terrible when I first <laughs> when I first started, but I just kept at it, and then started getting pretty good. And then it just kind of changed. It changed my attitude uh, on on life, I think, and also kind of opened me up uh, for other opportunities. And then, uh, I started doing a lot of funny stuff and I did this Brett Farr video that got like four and a half million views. And, and then I met these other guys that made a bunch of funny videos and we started making funny videos. And then it's just, it just kind of changed, uh, changed everything for me. And next thing you know, I started working uh, in TV and film again, uh, got an agent, uh, I got a new agent, uh, Kevin Turner, Daniel Hoff agency, shout out Kevin. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, my, my awesome manager, Mark Russo at industry entertainment. Uh, but these guys, you know, they, they believed in me and, and I started working from that. And I think it, it gave me a, um, I think I had a chip on my shoulder for years. I had a chip on my shoulder uh, well, especially when my movie didn't go well and I got bad reviews. I mean, there's nothing like reading bad reviews about yourself <laughs> in, in yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, USA today. Um, so, you know, I think I had a chip on my shoulder and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, I, I, I know that I can do this. Why is this not happening for me as uh attitude as opposed to, all right, well, that didn't work out. Let's do something else and move forward and have fun with it. And that's kind of what stand-up comedy gave me.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, you did wind up doing some pretty impressive primetime episodic work um, from sitcoms like Scrubs and Modern Family to dramas like Grey's Anatomy and Criminal Minds. So of your primetime gigs, was there a job that you were particularly thrilled to book or one that stands out to you because you had a great experience there?
1: Well, I loved Modern Family. That was pretty amazing. Um, And that set was one of the funnest sets, uh, one of the nicest sets I'd ever been on. And don't get me wrong. I've had wonderful experiences on, you know, a lot of the shows that I've been on. But that set particularly uh, was one of the friendliest sets I've ever been on. And I think it's because the executive producers on that show just are just so kind and so gracious to everyone and they have a great attitude and they cre- they, they they create a uh, uh, an atmosphere that is very friendly um while i was while i was there uh we were shooting and we were shooting in like a a ball like a like a uh like a carnival park kind of uh, uh situation and one of the executive producers was sitting in a couple chairs, couple chairs over from me, and one of the extras came over and they said, "Can can we get a picture?" And with with one of the stars, and I thought to myself, I "Was like, wow, I'd never seen that before." And he was like, "Yeah, absolutely, come here." And he like grabbed their he grabbed their camera and started like taking the pictures for them. He's like, "Yeah," he's just he just created such a, a friendly. Kind fun atmosphere that it shows in the, in how great that show was, and it's such a you know relaxed vibe. You couldn't help but want to have fun and be funny. Mm-hmm. So I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed working on Modern Family because of that.
0: Well, fast forwarding to 2013, uh, you were hired initially only for four days to <laughs> play Stitch. Uh, the military pal of Dylan's played by Steve Burton. So what do you remember about the casting process for your your return to YNR, we'll call it
1: <laughs> Well, uh, I, it, it was funny. Uh, I remember getting this audition and um, and thinking to myself at the time, uh, I think I think this is a character that could, you know, could have some, some, some depth and could, you know, have something to him and maybe he'd stick around for a little bit. And I was actually thrilled that I had a recurring role. I was so excited that I was going to have four episodes on The Young and the Restless, especially because it had been a show that I started out on. I mean, this was my first acting job in Los Angeles, California as an actor was on The Young and the Restless playing a cop. Um, if I could find that clip, somewhere. I mean, God, how I could, it would be something else. Uh, I'll I'll have to talk to Matt and see if I can, I can dig that up somehow.
2: I feel like you're in the right place to find it.
1: I I know. So, uh,
2: if only we knew someone who worked at the show, right.
1: We knew someone, um, (laughs) but yeah, so it, it, uh, so I was really excited to have a recurring character, you know, and it was only for four episodes, but I really worked hard on those scenes in my preparation. Uh, before I, before I came on for that, you know, for those four episodes, I really, really worked hard. Um, and my ex at the time, Suzanne Quast, her and I, her and I worked on, uh, my scenes extensively, uh, so then when I came on set, I was prepared and I was ready to go. And, and the, I think I attribute that, you know, the work that her and I did, I attribute that to why uh, Stitch, the character Stitch took off and had, had more legs uh, for them to write more episodes. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you've credited Steve with helping you find your footing in daytime, if you will. So what do you remember him helping you out with in the beginning?
1: Well, Steve was, Steve was really, uh, was really kind to me. Uh, when I, when I first got on, um, when I first came on the, on the show, Steve, (laughs) the first things he sought me out. Like I, I literally, I hadn't really met anybody and he came to my dressing room and he goes, Hey man, I'm Steve Burton. Uh, you know, I play Dylan. Uh, we're, we're going to be friends. Let's, 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 you know, create like some backstory. Let's, let's get to know each other. Like, and he just started asking me all kinds of great, you know, our, all kinds of you know, stuff about our characters. And then, and then also, uh, asking me about myself as well and really made it to where and and still to this day, we have a friendship outside of uh you know stitch and dylan you know I, I i still consider steve burton a you know very dear friend he was he was instrumental in making me comfortable and and i think he you know he was he was excited to have a pal on the show as well and then you know gave a lot of a lot of uh, you know backstory to his character and then it was it was kind of fun and he and I had the same uh, work ethic. Whereas we like to rehearse a lot, and we really like to have those scenes uh, uh, fluid between the two of us. And I think those scenes between he and I were 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 always a lot of fun because of that. And I, I, I yeah, I, I thank him a lot for for uh, you know making it easier for me when I came came on the show.
2: Mm-hmm. So you
0: recurred for several months mm-hmm. and then the show offered you a contract. So mm-hmm. did you have any hesitation about accepting or had you, you know, dipped your toes enough into the, the YNR waters that you knew it was a place you wanted to be for a while?
1: Well, I knew I wanted to be there. Uh, I knew, I knew I wanted to be, uh, on the young and the restless. Um, I loved it. I loved, uh, you know, coming to work all the time. I loved driving on to CBS, te- you know, CBS television city lot, looking up and seeing the big CBS sign. Uh, not only that, like I said, it was, I'm driving on to the lot, which was my first acting job in the city. And now I'm driving on as this character. And it, it was, it was, it was almost surreal, but I, but I loved it. And I, re- I would, I, you know, I remember where I was when they called. I was uh, when they called and offered me the contract. I was I was in New York City, uh, uh, walking down I think Sixth Avenue, and I got the call. I was there visiting some friends, and I got the call that they wanted to make wanted to put me on contract. And I I was so excited. It was, it was just a a definite highlight in my career. And it's one of those moments that, you know, you'll never forget.
2: Well, for someone who got panned in USA Today, then took on what you thought was going to be a very short-term role that turned recurring and then contract that must have felt, you know, very rewarding in that sense. It,
1: It did. It was very rewarding. And, um, you know, uh, I, the, those the, those those three and a half years uh, being on the show were uh, probably uh, some of my most memorable acting moments in my career. You know, um, so it's been it's been pretty awesome.
0: Well, I think we should get into some of the, the ladies that caught Stitch's eye during uh, your first run. Uh, your first relationship on the show was with Ashley, played by Eileen Davidson. So tell us about working with Eileen.
1: Well, my first relationship on the show was, with, uh, was actually with Victoria Newman.
0: Yes. Okay. There was sort of, they, there was some overlap. We'll
1: say that. A little bit of overlap. And then I, and then I got to work with, uh, so that was uh, really Highley. She was amazing. Yeah. And then I got to work with, um, Ashley Abbott, Eileen Davidson, who is a consummate professional, uh, loved, loved her to death. Um, uh, working with her was, uh, you know, I learned a lot because she's, she's, uh, She's very skilled. She's been around this, you know, business for a very long time. She's an icon. You're working with an icon. And so I kind of just, you know, I kind of like leaned back and just, uh, you know, watched and learned when I worked with her and it was, uh, it was wonderful. She's a, she's a remarkable, remarkable woman, remarkable actress. And, um, yeah, I, I I think very highly of uh, Eileen Davidson.
2: Well, in true soap fashion, Stitch ultimately romanced and married Ashley's daughter, Abby, played by <laughs> Melissa Wardway. So, what comes to mind when you think about Melissa?
1: Oh God, I love I love her to death. Um, she, her and I have a lot of chemistry. Um, we have a wonderful time on set. Uh, you know, as as Sean and Melissa, I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of laughing. A lot of a lot of jokes and um, and she's a wonderful actress as well and um, you know i've I've been very thankful uh, very I've been very lucky the act to get to work with the uh, actresses that I have and and um, so it's uh it's been it's been pretty cool. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, there are two other actresses whose names I want to throw into the conversation. They shared the role, if you will, of your sister on the show, oh, all right. First, yeah. Cynthia Watros, then Katie McLean. So many Emmys between the two of them. Uh, what was your experience like working with Cynthia and then with Katie?
1: Oh, I mean, just, it's, it's uh, again, you know, working with, two two women who have been at this for a long time and they've, they've, you know, their experience, uh, you know, was, you know, paramount, you know, to, to how well they played those roles and that role. Um, and both of them were very different, but, you know, awesome in their own way. And I had, I had a very close relationship with both of them. Uh, you know, I, I was, Happy to call both of them my sister, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of fun.
2: Well, the casting for your mother was also pretty big. Um, were you a Family Ties fan, and how yeah, that was well, when you heard Meredith was hired, Meredith Baxter? Yeah,
1: yeah, Meredith Baxter being my mom was was a very surreal surreal <laughs> moment. Uh, I grew up watching Family Ties, so uh, I it it. it you, you never it's it's one of those moments you kind of ask yourself you're like is this happening is this <laughs> actually happening is am I looking at Meredith Baxter as my mother
0: <laughs> am I being I, Alex P
1: Keaton <laughs> <and> it, right <laughs> like, I mean I grew up watching this woman and now I'm looking at her and she's playing my mother it's I mean it's it was uh, one of those pinch me moments mm-hmm. so it's pretty amazing she was fantastic as well I've been very lucky to work with some fantastic actors so
2: well they also gave you some big family drama with these actresses you know mm-hmm. so that also showed a big commitment they were making to stitch like how did you feel to be exploring so much about his past
1: I mean I was you know I was thrilled to have such an amazing storyline and and um, you know the character, Uh, he's been through a lot. Um, it gave me lots to act. Uh, he's, he's, he was, he's a troubled trouble. He has a troubled past. Uh, but I think in the end he always, he, he's trying to do the right thing. Um, he, he tries to do the right thing. And just somehow, uh, you know, he's just, he's had, he's had hard times, uh, you know, over the years, but it, it's as an actor, you you love characters like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, your uh, your prowess and training as a boxer came in handy during a, uh, I think, twenty fourteen scene. I hope I have the, the date right, but you got to literally get in the ring with Victor Newman, played by Eric Braden. Uh, yeah. Tell us about working with Eric, and specifically about. Boxing
1: with Eric Braden. Well, uh, let me tell you right now, Eric Braden is a <laughs> he is a marvel of a human because you 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 wonder this, this man is in such great shape and he, it's it's almost like he doesn't age, and uh, and you know uh, he's a big boxing fan, and so when I first came on the show, uh, uh, one day I was. We, I think I, we had talked a little bit about boxing and one day he was like, "What hey, is where's this boxing gym you go to? And I'm like, uh, oh, it's, it's uh, right down the street. He's like, all right, after we get done, let's go work out. And so, <laughs> and so then we went down to the, we went down to the gym and we, we, uh, we, we got in a, a real hard workout at this boxing gym. Uh, that I, that I go to for, that I, that I have gone to for years. And, uh, I think he saw that I was the real deal that I had, you know, had some experience and, and I saw that he was the real deal. He can, he's, he's, uh, he can snap some punches. He's got some, he's got some power and, and quickness and athletic ability. And so, uh, so I think it was a mutual respect at that moment, which led to us, uh, being able to have some boxing scenes written for us. And so they wrote some boxing scenes and, and to get to do that, I mean, that's another pinch me moment, you know, when you're sitting there and you're looking at Eric Braden, AKA Victor Newman, and uh, you're lacing up the boxing gloves and, you know, doing a boxing scene with this legend. Uh, It was pretty awesome. The under-five cop could never. No, no. Only <laughs> Stitch. Only Stitch. Not the under-five cop.
2: Never mind. Your worlds colliding. You know mm-hmm. that it, here you are. You left boxing and become an actor, and now you're boxing in your acting job. You
1: know? I know. I know. It's uh, uh it's, it's really pretty. Uh, when I like, you know, sometimes I don't. I don't. I, I think so much has happened. I, I, you know, I think it's important every once in a while to just kind of like sit back and take a look at, at the things that, that have transpired over the years. And you're like, wow, uh, it's, uh, some pretty cool stuff that's happened. Mm -hmm. So been very lucky.
2: Well, you did end up leaving the show in early 2017. So what went into that decision?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, we just, you know, the character, you know, kind of, you know, kind of fizzled out and, and, um, you know, Dylan was no longer on the show and I don't know if there was a whole lot of, lot for my character to do. Um, and so it's, you know, it, these times in your career, you gotta, you gotta spread your wings a little bit and take some chances. And mm-hmm. so I went out there and see what's, uh, what's out there in the rest of the world, uh, in the acting world. And, and, you know, coming, coming off of this show, uh, to go do any other type of acting, you feel invincible because this is the, I think, the most challenging medium there is. Uh, we shoot an incredible amount of dialogue. Uh, I think they shoot 80 something pages a day. Um, you know, we shoot five to six episodes in four days. Uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a breakneck speed uh, of acting. And you have to learn to perform and and to you know be, re, be be prepared and um and perform because this is the number one day show of daytime television for a reason it's a it's a well-oiled machine uh the young and the restless has been a prolific show for many many years because of many different facets the actors the the crew the directors the producers um uh every, every, the makeup department, everything, it it is just, you know, a well-oiled machine and, um, coming off a show like this gets you ready for any, any other medium you're going to tackle afterwards.
0: Well, one project you tackled afterwards, I am so curious to hear about. You were in the 2019 major motion picture Ford versus Ferrari. Matt Damon and Christian Bale were in it as well. What is the casting process like for that kind of movie?
1: Well, um, you know, it was, it was, that was just one of those random things where uh, I got an audition one day and. Uh, yeah, at 20th century Fox for, you know, for a role. And, and, uh, I went in and I auditioned for it. And next thing you know, I was, I was on, it it was really surreal because next thing you know, I was on a flight to France (laughs) and, uh, believe it or not, um, that this scene didn't make it in the movie, but, uh, I got to go to France for a week, uh, the first week of principal photography they shot in in France and I got to shoot a scene with Christian Bale. Uh, Unfortunately didn't make the movie, but, uh, but I got to go to France regardless. And uh, I got to go to Le Mans and, and then I got to spend some time in Paris before I left. Uh, So that was, that was incredible. And then, and then uh, months later uh, towards the end of the shoot, end of shooting here in, in, uh, in, in Los Angeles, not in Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles. I think we shot out in, um, Dolce and, and a couple other spots around surrounding areas around Los Angeles, but it was the end of end of shooting. So I was, I was at the first week of principal photography and then I was in the last two weeks of principal principal photography for Ford versus Ferrari. So it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, what was that like for you to go to the premiere and see the movie? And, you know, very different, I imagine, from the first movie that you did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, seeing a movie like like that, being at the premiere, uh, I got to go to the Toronto Film Festival. I got to go to TIFF, uh, walk the carpet there. That was, uh, uh, (laughs) like, uh, uh, incredible uh, seeing seeing the film – uh, I think I think we saw I saw, when I first saw, the first time I saw the film I think I saw it in a 1200 seat theater, wow. and it was packed. It was at, at, at the Toronto Film Festival, and then we saw it here uh, at the premiere here in in LA and uh, up in Hollywood and and that was that was incredible too. I mean, I think we saw that at May, I think it was at Man's Man's Chinese Theater. So it was uh it's it's all it's all just watching a movie like that and then realizing you're in it. Uh, I mean, it's the, it's what you dream of. So. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Well now I, I want to know where were your most memorable celebrity, uh, encounters, Sean, at the China club or at the Toronto international film festival?
1: (laughs) 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 Um, Probably, uh, I mean probably the China Club <laughs> one time one time I was working the I was working the uh, VIP rope because first off, clubs are so funny because you know if you tape off a section, everybody wants to be in that section. <laughs> and so that's basically that's basically how it described China Club. They had like this elevated section that was like two steps up, you know, and then there was like this like section where all the famous quote quotation, you know, quote, famous people, uh, hung out and everybody wanted to be in that rope. And, and so I worked the rope. I would hold, I would like let people in, you know, and, you know, and and usually the manager would come over at the time and he'd be like, Hey, let this person in, let this person in. And, you know, and you'd be like, all right. And you try to remember that person's face that they came in and out, you know, whatever. And one time, one time Jay Z came up and, uh, (laughs) And he was with some dude and the guy's like, hey man, this is Jay-Z. Let Jay-Z in. And I looked at him and I go, you're not (laughs) Jay-Z. And he goes, yeah, I am, man. I go, you're not (laughs) Jay-Z. And the guy, the guy next to him who's with him, is like losing his mind. He's like, Yes, he is. He's Jay-Z. He's Jay-Z. I'm like, no, he's not. You're not Jay-Z. Stop it, man. <laughs> the guy's like, and then, and then Jay-Z finally like just like smiles and goes, uh, hey man, uh, I'm Jay-Z. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I was like, I like studied him a little bit. I was like, all right i'll let you in but i was like all suspicious and and he like walks in and then i i i'm like clipping the rope back and as i'm clipping the rope back i'm still like looking back at him suspicious and he kind of like just looks back and smiles he's just like he's like this guy man
2: and then he went to see Ford v. Ferrari with Beyonce and he was like, that's the guy who wouldn't let me in at the China Club.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the guy who wouldn't let me in years ago. At the China and
0: I was going to say, and that's the story of the last night that Sean Kerrigan ever worked at the China Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. Um,
2: that's really funny. Well, prior to coming back to Young and the Restless, had you ever thought that it was a possibility or was it something you think you thought about doing?
1: You know I always wondered if uh if my character would come back um I always left it in the possibility i was always uh I was always open to it um and then I got the call that they were interested in uh bringing my character back for a little bit for a little story arc and that's kind of always what I wanted I always wanted to come back and do a story arc uh on the show um you know who wouldn't want to come back to the number one daytime drama on television for years and years and years, however many years. I mean, it's just, you know, who wouldn't want to come back for that?
0: Well, so what was it like to get that call and how did it feel to know that there was interest on the show's part, which clearly reflects interest on the audience's part?
1: Uh, it was pretty exciting. You know, I was just, I was, I I was actually thrilled. I was thrilled. I was, I was with my mom down in Florida when I got the call and my mom was excited and, and, uh, you know, she said, oh, my God. She's like, oh, this is so exciting.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> said,
1: no, not, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, what was your first day back like? Did it feel like you had just left or did it feel new? Because obviously, I guess there was probably some COVID protocols in place that might not have.
1: Yeah, been- the COVID stuff was a little, was you know, it was different. It's a little different energy just because everybody's got all masked up. But still, you know, it's it was like coming home. It's really what it felt like. It felt like coming home, you know, and and seeing seeing all your old friends that you hadn't seen in a long time, and you know, a lot like when you go back to school after being gone for the summer. Or, you know, you see all your old friends that you hadn't seen in a long time, or um, that's that's kind of what I would call it. I would say it's just like coming back home again. And it's been fun. It's been amazing, and and you get to see so many people that you know uh, meant so much to you. For so many years, and um, you know, I think uh, I think it's 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 family. It really is, and everybody that works on the show is family, and you feel it. That's why the show is so successful.
0: Well, when it came to like slipping the character's clothes and demeanor back on and everything, was it easy for you to find him again, if you will, or did you feel like there was a period of adjustment?
1: no I, I I felt like it was um, actually let me let me think about that because I think uh being gone from the show for about three years um, and then coming back i think I think you know you forget how fast it moves and how challenging of a medium it is, so there was a little bit getting my legs back under me uh, a little a little period where I feel like you know, I'm still trying to get my legs back under me, um, which is understandable because of, uh, you know, the challenging, like I said, the challenging medium that it is. Um, but it comes back and you get in your groove, you get in your vibe and you you, you get back in this character. And, and it also helps with uh, having such a great cast and having great directors and great producers and um, people that support you and are there for you and help you and um, the crew, wonderful crew. I, th- I think all that stuff helps uh, get you, you know, get your legs back under you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say it's felt very seamless seeing you there again, like no time had passed. And we certainly hope Stitch sticks around. Uh, would you be open to being there longer?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm open to all, I'm open to anything. Um, I think, uh, you know, in this career, we just we just want to keep working and and uh, creating uh, awesome content. And so, I, you know, I'm 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 happy to be here, and and uh, you know, I, I count my blessings, you know, as much as I can.
0: Well, we've certainly seen um, some fun reunions for your character, and you working with people that we've seen you work with before. Is there anyone that you were like? especially excited to work with again or anyone that you're hoping you'll have the chance to work with while you're there?
1: Well, I was excited to work with Melissa Ordway again. Uh, that was definitely excited to, to work with her. Uh, we have, we have an amazing chemistry and, and, um, and like I said, we, we have, we have chemistry on and off screen and it's, um, so, so fun to be around her and she's, she's, she's really, a a, a breath of fresh air and, and a light, you know, uh, so she's fun to be around. And, and then it was, um, of course, amazing to, to work with Eric Braden again, got to do a scene with, uh, Victor Newman. Um, and then, you know, just seeing the rest of the, you know, the whole bunch, you know, Cameron Grimes, Brighton, um, you know, just, you know, working with everybody is it, just, just happy to, I'm happy to be back. It's been, it's been nice.
2: Well, before we let you go, is there anything you want to say directly to the YNR fans who are listening?
1: Yeah. Uh, keep watching and uh, and uh, stay tuned because uh, some good stuff coming up.
2: We like that. Um, well, this was so much fun to get to know you, Sean, and to hear what you've been up to. And we, again, hope that we will be seeing you a lot in Genoa City.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.